Welcome back to Calvary Life. This is Paul Thompson. This is our podcast where we talk about issues that pertain to the life of our church specifically, but really not just us. The aim is, is to talk about what healthy church looks like, how a healthy church functions, decisions we make, why we make them, things we're trying to do, how we're trying to be more and more what we think God wants us to be and do as a church. And part of the reasons we do this, if you're a Calvary person, is we want to give you a glimpse behind the scenes sometimes as to what's being planned, but not just the what, but the why, how this fits, what's it, what is it for. But I get some feedback from uh, some of you folks who listen, and what we do and what you hear from us stimulates some good conversation, um, some discussions at your church, some good thoughts about what healthy church looks like. So hope this will be helpful to you. Charles Uptain's not with us today. We have two special guests that are leaders in our women's ministry, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves today. Well, I'm Amanda Trammell. Jamie Perry. So glad to be back. Yeah, thank you guys for coming and, and listening. You know, we've got some exciting stuff coming up that our women's ministry has initiated, and I want you guys to talk about that a little bit. Um, sort of like last year, and you guys... Um, had the the thought to do and carried out the emphasis on prayer um not really just for women but really just encourage the whole church to come to prayer so tell us a little bit about the prayer emphasis that's coming up this this month coming and how it got started um you know kind of the motivations behind it what you're thinking doing it and and whatever you want people to know about it yeah for several years we as the women's ministry team knew we wanted to emphasize prayer and um, we you know knew the value of prayer not just individually but corporately um, and so just didn't really know how to implement it or how to make it fit. And Amanda came to me with an idea, I guess it was about a year and a half ago now. Yeah, I had been, um, I had kind of new to the team and kind of figuring out what, what Calvary Women's Ministry offered and was looking at everything. And um, I just, we were trying to come up with a way to offer something that all of our women could get involved in together. Um, and then personally, during that season, I was in a season of uh, prayer and fasting and um, studying the book of Titus. And just pr- honestly for praying that I would grow in personal holiness, but the way that Titus is um, built, you know, it goes through different aspects of church, people in the church. And I, so I found myself uh, praying for our church, each individual group of, of people. And so um, the Lord just kind of put this idea on my heart. Why don't we get all of our women together um, to pray together specifically for our church? And so I brought the idea to the team. and um, Yeah, we loved it. And at, just like Amanda said, we realized this was something all of our women can participate in. So we realized that not every woman can come to a Bible study or a Coffee and Connect or an event. But this was something we could all do and do together. So we really hoped it would promote unity among our women um, and among our church. So we prayed specifically, like um, you were saying, about you know our staff, our ministries, our mission partners, just every aspect of our church. So we those were kind of our reasons behind, I think, um, emphasizing prayer, but also unity among our women and as our church as a whole. Did you guys get some good feedback from last year? Yeah, we did. I think the women were excited. The books went like crazy. We sold out and had to get or gave them all out and had to get some more reorder. And so it was fun. It was fun to see um, our women excited about that. You know, I know this wasn't really part of the strategy, but when I think one of the good side effects of it, I think, was it just so happened to coincide where you, know, you were talking about Amanda, you're doing study in Titus and and we we're in first and second Timothy. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of emphasis on church leadership mm-hmm. and teaching those passages about elders, for instance, there was emphasis on male leadership. 
And I think one of the unintentional side effects is uh, sometimes people kind of put two and two together and they say, so really everything is mm -hmm. for and by the men. Mm -hmm. So what roles do we have? What, what, where do we contribute? And even in the worship services, so I think it was helpful even, mm -hmm. even then, mm -hmm. it, it just, sometimes it's, it's benign neglect, but it's neglect nonetheless. Mm -hmm. It's put it on our radar. You know, we, we need to have some women um, in our services um, praying, women reading mm -hmm. scripture, women doing benedictions and that sort of thing. And so we've kind of set a precedence mm -hmm really that because we've been more intentional about that as a whole over the last couple of years and being more intentional about incorporating praying and specific kind of praying in the services but getting getting women involved in that but this year you guys are really maybe i don't know if this is the right terminology kind of going to another level with it you're you're adding something new to it tell me what's different with the prayer because it's about to begin yeah, so I guess it was in the summer, Amanda came up to me and added this, um, she had this idea of adding fasting to the prayer, and honestly, it was something that I've done, you know, a few times in my life, maybe not consistently at all, um, and I was just kind of like, sure, we can do that, and, you know, I kind of meant, you can do that, <laughs> I'll do the prayer thing, you do the fasting, um, I, I certainly wasn't against it, but my heart just wasn't in it, um, and then a couple of months later, God was working. I had met a new friend, and we had started walking together. And lo and behold, she asked me, hey, do you want to fast with me one day a week? And I just knew at that moment, like, okay, you know, not only do I need to get behind this and support it, but this is something I need to do for myself as well. And so God just kind of began to work in my heart. Um, when, you, when you guys were talking about this with women's uh, leadership team and just women in general, you know, you know, people you're close to, your own family and that sort of thing, um, did you get some questions about it? Like, I mean, or did you get some, some good encouragement to do it? Or were people wondering, fasting, what's that all about? Um, you know, <laughs> like, like for you, Amanda, when you, you were talking about kind of where you were a year ago that led you to this to, you know, initiate this, you said you were in a season of, you know, you were in prayer and fasting. Personally, what was leading you to not just be praying, but to be praying and fasting? Like, why was that a part of what you were doing? Well, I was, I had kept feeling the Holy Spirit was leading me to fast. There were different things that would come up like, oh, I really need to pray for that. You know what? I probably should fast for it as well. And I had a really excellent example of my own mother growing up. She um, is, goes through seasons where she fasts for specific things um, for her kids and, and everything. And so I had that example set for me. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to fast, but fasting is a very easy uh thing to ignore um, and we were as a church going through the Acts study and of course in the early church there was lots of fasting and after a life group one day um, Lindsay Koskala came up to me and said hey I'm doing a, a fasting moms group would you like to join and I was like yes <laughs> that is the Holy Spirit and um, leading me in this direction and I need to say yes to this and so um, we began doing it we never met together it was all individually and then we would just sort of communicate over text messaging but the Lord really used that season in my life and I, I became um, it became a, something I, I grew in passion for um, and so when we first sort of planned out the prayer month in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, eventually we should add fasting to this because it's such a biblical thing for the church to be together in corporate fast, um, seeking the Lord. And so I knew it would add sort of a, a depth a and a layer mm -hmm. of passion to the, the time of praying together. Let's talk about just fasting as a, as a concept just for a minute. So, you know, for anybody who's listening, they may have a little bit of a concept of it. I mean... I don't want to assume what people know or understand or what they practice. Some people may be listening to this and thinking, so like, 
fasting. That's just like where you don't eat or something. Is there more to it than that? Um, so let's talk about that in just a minute. But also, it looks like fasting is just more normal, like, I don't know, maybe even assumed in Scripture. You know, there's, there are Old Testament examples and there are New Testament examples, but I'm not sure you could point to a verse in the New Testament where you say fast and do it, do it this way. Mm-hmm. So kind of from your perspective, you're going to be encouraging women to, <clears throat> you're going to be encouraging women to be fasting and not just women. Really encourage the church to come along and let's be fasting together for, for things that we want to see God do and things we're asking God to do. Why fasting? Like, how, how does that fit into what we, you know, should we be doing that? Why should we be doing that? Why fasting? Yeah, well, to begin with, just to follow the example of Christ. You know, he, Jesus prepared himself for his earthly ministry by a prolonged period of prayer and fasting. Uh, Matthew 4 tells us that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Um, And just because Jesus did something doesn't necessarily mean that we are to do it too, right? Like, I'm probably not going to attempt a 40-day fast. Jesus walked on water, and I'm probably not going to attempt that either. Um, But I think we can see from his example um, that... You know, he prepared himself for his earthly ministry, and we all we all have a ministry, and we're all face temptations. So I think just his example can, um, as fasting, we can be we can fast to be better prepared to resist those temptations. And really, what we're doing is just satisfying ourselves with him. And the more satisfied we are with him, the less that those temptations are going to, um, you know, prevail against us. We're going to be stronger to to resist those. Can you talk about some benefits personally? like some effects maybe that you've seen? What, what is fasting? I know that sometimes it's hard to measure, and, and we don't do things. I, I, don't want, I want to make sure I'm being clear on this. You know, we're not just doing things to get things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of the heart of James's challenge to us on prayer. You know, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. Just, you know, so you can consume it on your own lust, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we're not presenting fasting as like a formula, um, do this, get this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we don't pray just so we can personally benefit from it. Obviously, you're praying for your children so they benefit. You're praying so you would know the will of the Lord. You're mm-hmm. praying so you can be faithful. You're praying so you can stand up under temptation, that sort of thing. But, but on a personal level, you know, what would you say fasting has done for you spiritually, mm-hmm. personally? What's, what's it added to your life? Well, for me, I found um, a surprising result was just great joy in fasting. Um, and I think that we can see that it's supported in Scripture as well when you look at um, what Christ has to say about fasting in um, Matthew chapter 6, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking about spiritual disciplines. And he speaks of um, giving, he speaks of praying, and he speaks of fasting. And he talks about how um, when you do that in order to just receive results, right, to receive the praise of man, that's the only reward you're going to get. But he says over and over and over again in that passage, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And he's speaking of coming, approaching these spiritual disciplines, fasting included, with um, a humble heart, seeking a treasure that can only be found in heaven, right? Right after that passage on fasting, he goes straight into the the well-known text, you know, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, um, not treasures on earth. For where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And so I think one of the greatest benefits of fasting is just that that eternal treasure, that deep treasure. And what is the great treasure of heaven? It's God. And so knowing the Lord more deeply, allowing him into your, your life, being willing to set aside um, these earthly appetites 
to call on a deeper understanding of who God is. Um, you know, and so often we get very distracted by even the good things God gives us. You know, I like to use this this food metaphor um, with my children. I don't allow them to just eat all junk food all the time because when I put a, if I do that, if I put a nourishing meal in front of them, they're not gonna, number one, have the, the space in their stomachs for more food. And number two, they're not gonna have the taste. And that's the biggest thing. They won't have um, the palate for a nourishing, healthy meal. And the same is for us. When we put, we have so much going on in our lives um, that distracts us, then we don't have the taste for the Lord. And the Word of God tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was thinking about that with uh, with fasting. A couple of thoughts real quick from what you said, Amanda. Um, yeah, I think, you, I think you know, you're spot on with the idea that the real power of really in our prayer life and in fasting life is before the Lord, who knows our hearts, knows our motives and what we do in private. You know, we're not trying to parade this. Mm -hmm. So when you guys are communicating this and you're encouraging this and you're teaching this, how do you do that for the women to make that point clear? You know, we, we, we're going to be challenging you to do this publicly and we're going to be talking about this publicly, but at the same time, this is not something that we're going to do so we can talk about constantly you know, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. What are you doing today? Well, I'm fasting. You know, I think about like, as we go in this Lenten season and you know, I'm gonna have this, I'm gonna have this mark, you know, on my forehead so I can remind everybody what I'm giving up for Lent seems contrary to the whole biblical purpose of praying, fasting, um, you know, seeking God, repenting, that sort of thing. So how do you do that? How do you both challenge everybody? Look, we want you to do it, but at the same time, helping them understand this is, this is between, this is before the Lord. This yeah. is, and fasting itself is really, or should be, an act of humility. And that's really the greatest benefit, the greatest work I see that God is doing in my own heart um, is just humility. You know, when we pray, we recognize our dependence on the Lord, right? I mean, that's we acknowledge who He is, who we are, and how we need Him, His strength, His grace, His guidance. Um, you know, I pray for wisdom because I don't have it, and He does. I pray for peace because I can't create it, and He can. And so prayer is just this acknowledging our dependency on the Lord. And so... My favorite way to describe fasting is amplified prayer. And so I just feel like it's this constant reminder of who I am, who he is, and just a, a calling and a longing to, um, to be satisfied in him. And so I think just the nature of it humbles us. You know, when we are hungry, like, you know, I can't even miss a meal without it being hard. I miss too many and I die. Like, that's how godlike I am, you know? But he is the creator of all things and the giver of all good gifts. And so I think the very nature of fasting, um, you know, done the right way, obviously, but can promote that humility. You yeah. know, Amanda, you mentioned something about, um, you know, distractions and then the, the discipline of prayer and fasting. And maybe this is not exactly related, but I think about so many people and maybe, admittedly, it's maybe a little bit more of a problem for a younger generation. You know, Amanda, you're a lot younger than I am. But... <laughs> You know, just the constant, you know, the cell phone in the hand all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I just, I, I see this, and I'm not talking about just teenagers. I'm talking about 20s and 30-something mm -hmm. people that um, if, there's a, if there's a second of downtime, and I find myself falling into that right. trap sometimes, too. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't yeah. sit at a stoplight without looking at my phone and check right. and see if I've got a text or email, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. How can the discipline of fasting help also help me deal with all the constant distractions because my mind is everywhere and you know I'm thinking about everything I got to know I got to know what team I don't even follow what trade they're about to make I've got to know what is happening in some part of the country that I don't live in and I've got to know the latest tidbit of news in the middle of you know all those things constantly being pulled mind. and tugged and I'm not thinking about God <laughs> you know and I'm not praying yeah. I'm just I'm in perpetual distraction mode 
How does, how does the discipline of fasting help me with that? Well, that's something that definitely has, I have benefited from with fasting is that it's, it's a, I wouldn't necessarily have ever called myself a super self-disciplined person, but the act of even just setting aside a couple meals a day and, um, focusing, like intentionally doing the brain work to focus on the Lord. I have found, even on days when I'm not fasting, has strengthened my ability to set the phone down. There was one day the kids were kind of driving me a little crazy and I needed to step away from them for a minute. And normally I would have gone into my room and pulled my phone out and scrolled on social media. But I pulled my phone out and I looked at it for a second and I went, no, I need to pray. And so I set the phone down and I asked the Lord for strength in that moment. And had I not gone through the exercise and the discipline of um, fasting and really being intentional, like I've set these boundaries, I'm going to keep these boundaries no matter what, um, I wouldn't have the the strength to be able to sit in that moment and say, no, I'm not going to do this thing that, you know, is easy and quick. I'm going to do the harder thing. And the Lord was so good to me in that moment. I remember just thinking as I'm praying, I need to turn on some music. So I went back out into the the kitchen and I turned on our, we had like a little album with hymns and scripture songs and everybody's mood changed and we all did, you know, we're happier. And had I not spent that time in prayer, I would have come out probably just as irritated as I was (laughs) when I left the room. And so, um, yes, I have found such a blessing in learning you know, setting those boundaries and keeping them has helped me um, be able to set boundaries in other areas of my life. We have such an indulgent culture, mm-hmm. right? Food is not hard, you know. There's literal drawers that, you know, my husband has a drawer in his office where it's full of candy. If you want to grab a piece of candy, go open the drawer, you know. So putting those boundaries in place teaches us how to keep them there. Yeah, I'm even thinking here, like, you know, we've got a church kitchen there adjacent to our offices, which, by the way, um, if you want to bring some food there, it's always appreciated. <laughs> Whatever hits that counter, we eat. I thought, you know, I was just thinking as you are talking about that, Amanda, even if at the very minimum, if I pause to pray, every time I got up to go to that counter to grab something off of there just to <laughs> get something to eat and just walk back mm-hmm. to my office and use that 30 seconds, one minute to pray, then I would be praying more. Mm-hmm. And then... If I prayed every time I picked up my phone to just scroll for nothing, I certainly would be praying a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about both of you. Um, for anybody who doesn't know you, both busy, busy, busy with life. You got family and kids and husbands and and responsibilities and things. What do you say to the person? Say, I just don't have. I don't have time to pray. I don't. Where do you mm-hmm. Where do you find time to pray? How do you How do you address that? Just keeping the focus. The you know, helping them address that challenge in, in their prayer life. Yeah, for me, it really has been a struggle to be still and focused. I call it the spinning mind, like what you were talking about earlier. You know, my mind is always spinning. And what do I need to do next? If there's if there's a downtime, I've got I need to fill it and be productive. And so that's just something I really have to fight. And so when I'm when I'm fasting, um, I can tend to you know instead of sitting down eating lunch, then I can just be busy. I don't have to sit down. I can just keep going. And so I really have to be intentional and remind myself you know, the purpose here is to pray. And so um, be intentionally about filling my thoughts with prayers and scriptures rather than just distracting myself with more busy things. Um, And so one thing we have done with my group and we plan to do with the women as well is actually send out text prompts. And so we plan to do that on um, Thursday night and then twice on Friday. And that has helped with my group. And it's just a, you know, a short um, prayer, but it just, it it refocuses my mind, helps me remember why am I doing this and kind of um, gets gets us back on track. So, what other challenges 
besides just the focus <laughs> and just, you know, we, we do have to retrain our minds. You know, I, I tell you, I think cell phones in a lot of ways and constant info via iPads and things has really been a curse. I, I love to read, but I find it even harder now to focus on reading because I'll read for a little bit and then wonder, <laughs> yeah. did I just miss something? Mm-hmm. Do I need to go check something? So mm-hmm. focus is huge. Like, well, what other challenges do you guys think for people? Well, we would agree to also fast entertainment or to consider doing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, so there are other things people could fast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have found that it when I am fasting food, I have to also fast entertainment because I am so tempted to turn to the secondary oh, that's a, place that's a great of point. satisfaction, right? Like mm-hmm. as soon as I have that that emptiness from being hungry, instead of turning to the Lord, I want to just pick something else. Fill it with something. Fill yeah. it with something different. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the benefits. Another benefit, I know we're talking about struggles of fasting, but one of the another benefit of fasting is that it really does reveal many areas in which we have set up idols in our lives, where we, we depend on these things to get us through the day, to get us through um, our irritations or our stress or anything like that. These are things we turn to to cope with life yeah. besides God. Um, and so... That when those things come up, I you know now I know okay I need to set this aside as well. And even if it's short of an idol, just a really misplaced priority. You know I, I you know you've got that little feature on your cell phone that was kind of convicting me at first when I updated software a while back. Whenever that happened, where I could actually see how much time I spent on my phone, it's like yeah. that's a wake up call. <laughs> you know, and I think maybe even in this process too, one of the side effects could be: Do you realize how much time you actually are using mm-hmm. on on just unproductive things, mm-hmm. at, at the least unproductive, at the worst, unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know, destructive kind of things. All right, so what do you say to the person, right? This is, I want to fast, okay, but let me be honest with you. This is hard because I just get really hungry, and it's, <laughs> I mean, I want to eat. What do, I, what do you do when you get, when you're sitting there and you're fasting, and I'm just really hungry, and I just, I can't stop thinking about being hungry. I would say, one, just let those cravings be reminders. I mean, that craving is a constant reminder of, of turning to the Lord. Um, but two, we are not legalistic about this. And so, I mean, there's times when, like, I just needed a handful of grapes. Like, I felt shaky or I felt like I can't continue my day if I don't eat. And so grab some grapes and keep going. You know, yeah. like, don't. Yeah, you got to speak to that for a minute. So for that person who who really says, okay, I'm going to do this. I, I want to commit to this. But then, you know, in their minds, I, man, I blew it. Um, and feels like they've undone whatever they intended mm-hmm. to do or they've lost or whatever progress. Hey, speak to them on that, okay? So I'm, I committed to fast on Friday, but then, you know, without even thinking about it, mindlessly, because this is, this is my habit, I went in there and I grabbed a little Debbie or whatever. <laughs> what, do you, what do you tell people? I would say to, to keep going, to not, you know, allow that to, to get you down. We don't want to be legalistic about it. And so, um, you know, the, the point of this is to set aside those affections, but it's really a heart thing, not necessarily um, food thing. a food thing, right? We also celebrate food. We understand mm-hmm. that food is a gift from God. Fasting is just a season. It's not meant to be forever. And so um, if, you know, if you get hungry and you need a little snack, Eat a, eat a little snack. Um, you know, we do want to set those guardrails. We do want to do our best to be disciplined um, about it. But at the same time, it, it's not a sin to eat some food when you said you were going to fast. Like, it's it's not, you know, you have not broken a commandment here, you know. You guys talk practically for a minute. Um, somebody who wants to do this, and I know soon you'll be talking about this in person, um, night of worship and, and, and written materials and things like that, but give some practical help here, particularly maybe for somebody who um, has never done this. I mean, for some people, you're probably going to remind them, they're going to say, you know, 
um, you're right, I need to do that. I used to do that more. I, I should do that more than I do it. But you're going to have some folks that like, man, this is all this is all new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and this is new fairly to me too. So I just want to encourage that woman out there. Just give it a try. Um, and I already, like when I can't do it, um, I miss it. You know, there's already that longing there after just a few months of doing it. So, um, Does it get easier? It does. It does get easier. Um and you just, like, you reap those benefits, that joy and that humility. You just mm-hmm. know that God is doing the work, and so mm-hmm. it becomes worth the hunger pains. Um, and, but let's explain kind of, I guess, what that would look like so they, we, they know what we are calling them to. So we're just doing, like, basically a 24-hour fast that would begin on Thursday night and go through Friday dinner. So you would eat your Thursday night meal, your evening meal, and then nothing after that and then you would fast for breakfast and lunch on friday and during that time that's when you guys are doing the prompts to so we're going to be praying together for certain things and Mm -hmm. and so this is this is this is not just you doing this personally this is something that's tying us all together we're pursuing god together in prayer this way yes yes and and this is probably off any kind of script or anything but you know obviously we're not talking about medical kind of fasting we're not you Mm -hmm. know and and there may be somebody listening that this doesn't work for physically you know would you could you speak yes. to that a little bit? What do I do? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I have I have a condition. I have you know I have an issue that yeah. I don't want to jeopardize something. Whatever that may be. About women, you know, pregnant women, nursing women. Yeah, you do sure. not need to fast. Yeah. Um, there's maybe medication you're on. I, I had to do that, so you, you're not able to fast. So that is it's totally fine. Pick something else though. Pick something that'll be a sacrifice. Pick something like your phone, screen times, uh, maybe sugar, sweets your favorite beverage. You know, just mm-hmm. pick something that you can do. All of us can do something. We're um, we are you know, not satisfying ourselves and creating that longing for God. And so we would say, just do what you can. Um, I'm curious, Amanda, did you find, did you find there was anything that you gave up that you never went back to? Like, I don't need that anymore, you know, or, or I do that much less than I used to. Definitely television. Um, I I used to, just because it was the end of the day and uh, the kids were in bed, I would you know put on tv like that's what like we a filler do. yeah and and i now i don't even turn it on anymore i find a book to read and um instead which is you know growing my mind as well you know i can read really good books about the word of god or or um things like that and so it is it's added a lot of um value to that time um that i was able to to let go of the tv because most of the time i would just sit there and you know, push the button. Yeah. And I, th- I think really, you know, I really think most people are, well, I'll say most, I think a lot of people are unaware of how much time mm-hmm. that they're losing, mm-hmm. wasting. And I feel a particular sensitivity for younger parents or parents who have kids at home because, you know, I'm kind of sensitive to that now as an empty nester. <laughs> and, you know, well, Jamie, you're right in the middle of this. Um, you're, you're in that transition between yes. some at home and some not at home. Mm-hmm. And and my older ones think, you know, it's not fair. He got this at, uh, you know, 10 years old, and we didn't get it till we were, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, it's flies. different. Like, they grew up seeing you with it. And yeah. so it's just so much harder with the younger ones. But, and, but I mean, you, you know, how you can still look at Nolan and say, I can picture you as a toddler, but yes, time. now I see you ever, how often, at co- you know, away right. at college. I mean, boom, the time flies. Sorry to throw that in. That's the old guy commentary. <laughs> it's just, but I just want to. I just want to challenge younger parents to make the best use yeah. of your make time. the best use of your time. And mm-hmm. you know, one day we're going to stand before mm-hmm. the father and we're not going to regret miss, mm-hmm. you know, the, the television shows we missed or the, you know, exactly. the, the stuff we didn't read about right. on social media. This will mm-hmm. be, this will be huge. Okay. Right. So I know, um, the new prayer guides are going to be available at the end of the month, um, January 28th. 
And also that night, um, so Jamie, maybe speak to this a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about what that's going to look like and the rollout of that. And then also that Sunday night, we're doing special, really two special services, one inspired the other. So the first service was um, a, a night of worship for our women, but men don't want to sit on the sidelines too. So we're going to do a night of worship for the men too. We're going to be in two separate spaces. So that Sunday night, the 28th, our women will be in our sanctuary. Men will be in the fellowship center. So, Jamie, if you can talk a little bit about that, tell everybody what to expect and what's sure. coming. Sure, we will um, have our guides on that Sunday morning. So, we'll be handing them out as you exit the worship center. Um, and if you're serving, we will get you one in all the places. We'll probably have some in our resource center as well, if that's more convenient for you. And so, we're excited this year. We kind of went through the Psalms. We are praying the Psalms, and so we um, came up with four different themes for each week and. Our prayers are basically just turning those psalms into petitions to the Lord. And I love praying scripture. That's something I've always um, just seen great value in. It helps me focus on my prayers. Um, if I'm just praying, sometimes my mind tends to wonder. And so praying the scripture helps me stay focused um, as well as helps me um reminds me of who God is and turns, you know, you, when you turn scripture into prayer, we can be confident that God's going to answer and that we're praying according to his will. So that's kind of what the God's going to look like. It's going to have a psalm and then a prayer based on that psalm. Um, and then, yeah, that Sunday night, we want every woman to, to join us. Mm -hmm. Even if you say you can't fast, um, this is for all women that night. And it really is a time to pray together, worship together, and we're going to have music and, um, and then just really prepare our hearts for what God's going to do in the next month. Yeah, it's our one opportunity to have that corporate together prayer time. Um, you know, the whole month we'll be praying every day individually in unison, but um, this is our chance to get together as the women and pray mm -hmm. and listen to one another and encourage one another. Um, so it'll be a good time. So you're going to hand out the, the prayer guides and everything. Mm -hmm. Both services, I guess. Have them available Sunday morning. Yes. You guys will be out in the, out in the mm -hmm. foyer area mm -hmm. Sunday morning and everything like that. Um, if anybody has any questions about it, what should they do? Who should they yes, catch they you can, guys in the lobby? or Absolutely. Myself, um, Brooke Stickles, Joyce Alexander, um, Sandra Hunt, mm -hmm. and Amanda Trammell. I list everybody. Yeah, that's our, that's that's our team. <laughs> so any of us, you can reach out to us. Um, we'll be glad to help answer any questions. Let me give one more just little kind of sidebar encouragement, um, never knowing exactly who's listening to our podcast. But I want to say this. If, if you're um, a Calvary member, if you're one of the women from Calvary and, and what you're hearing today really resounds with you and you, you, know, you, you plan to participate, you're going to be here Sunday night on the 28th for the service. If you know any of our senior adult ladies personally, mm -hmm. would you do this? Would you invite them to come mm -hmm. and go that extra mile and offer to pick them up mm -hmm. and bring them and take them home um you know we're in that we're in that crazy season where here in south alabama it feels like anchorage alaska and it gets mm -hmm. dark at four o'clock and you know our senior adults most of them are not out driving at night but we don't want them to miss this you know so i want to kind of put that in your court if you're listening and and you know you have some contacts people that you see at church and everything invite them just encourage them to come too and offer to offer to pick them up and, and spend some time with them. Any last minute things you guys want to tell anybody about that or about the event? Yeah, as far as contacting, we do have an email. So okay. it is um, calvarydothanwomen at gmail.com. So if you can't, if you don't see us on Sunday or just want to contact Calvary us that Dothan way. calvarydothanwomen at gmail.com. And also follow us on social media. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Calvary Women, mm -hmm. have an account on Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook. Did I miss anything? You'll find us there and follow, follow, like you'll get all the information there. It's updated and everything. And you'll get all the, all the info 
about this. So I hope you'll participate. And listen, if this is helpful to you and you're a member of another church, I'm going to speak for our women's ministry folks. They would love to talk to you about things they're doing here and how things um, you know, kind of got rolling here with women's ministry and some things that we do that we found to be helpful, some things we're working on doing, thinking about doing. So if you need some help, some guidance in your church, um, or if we can be praying for you, praying for your church and your women's ministry, whatever it may be, they would be happy to be ambassadors for that um, for you. So contact us, reach, reach out to us. Um, you can always email us if you have questions about the podcast or some things you want us to talk about, some subjects you want us to take, take on, podcast. Um, singular or plural, I found out, podcast or podcasts at calvarydothan.com, and we'll happily respond to that. So, Amanda, Jamie, thank you for thank you, thank you for coming and talking to yes, me today in it. absence of Charles. But uh, as always, our aim is to be a church that is for God first. We want to glorify and honor God in all that we do. God has placed us in a city, and this is our primary assignment for ministry, and that's Dothan. So we're for God, we're for Dothan, but not just here. Um, God is using our people and um, the gifts he's given us here and the resources he's blessed us with here for the sake of the nation. So we believe we're for God, we're for Dothan, we're for the world. So thanks for listening today, and we'll talk again soon.